Welcome back to Views from Third Man. For those of you who are first-time listeners, this is a cricket podcast where we look at the events in world cricket from a fan's point of view. And Indian cricket for the next four to five months is going to be absolute mayhem, a carnival with the England tour, the IPL, and 48 hours after the IPL ends, the T20 World Cup happening in the UAE, the IPL and the World Cup all happening in the UAE. It's, in a sense, an autumn and winter of cricket madness for India. But before we go into that, with the England tour starting in just five days, let's talk about India versus Sri Lanka. A tour that India went to really, yes, to prepare for the T20 World Cup, but there was an ulterior motive. You wanted to try out new talent. You wanted to see if the side had the bench strength to do well, if the... If other key players like Vidart Kohli, Rohit Sharma and Jasprit Bumrah were not able to play. You wanted to see if Shikhar Dhawan could be a capable leader in their absence. So let's just pause for a minute and talk about Dhawan, the captain. Somebody who has been fantastic for Delhi Capitals over the last two years, which really should be, in my opinion, the only reason why he was still in consideration for the T20 World Cup. India wanted to see if some players would still be good enough to make it. Shikhar Dhawan, did he seize the opportunity? From a captaincy point of view, it was 3-all the eventual scoreline. But you weren't looking at Dhawan the captain, you were looking at Dhawan the batsman. He played well in the one-day international series, but there's a T20 World Cup coming up, so that's not really important. In the T20s, he got a 40 in one of the games. He got a 40 in the second game, but that was at a strike rate of just about 100. And in the third game, like every other batsman in the Indian side, India actually were 81 for 8 after the completion of 20 overs. It wasn't a result India will want to remember. Dhawan, the batsman, did not live up to the expectations in this particular tone that definitely puts his place in the T20 World Cup in question because I don't think the Indian team will be selected based on the IPL performances in the second half. It's a bit too risky given squad combinations and balance. It almost happened in the 2019 World Cup and well, we all know how that ended. So Shikhar Dhawan, definitely a place in the squad. Not sure he'll get a place in the 11, at least the first 11, unless there's some form of injury to any other key players. What else were India looking forward to see? India wanted to see if we had all-rounders, apart from Ravindra Jadeja and now apparently Shardul Thakur and Washington Sundar as well. You wanted to see if Hardik Pandya had the ability to be a finisher. So what did you learn? You learned that on good batting conditions, Hardik Pandya is a ferocious finisher. You learned that yes, given the time, given the rhythm, he can bowl an over here or there, but really he's not contributing enough as a package. He's not getting a place in the side as a batsman. He's not getting a place in the side as a bowler. And he's certainly not getting a place in the side as a fielder, though he is one of the best fielders in world cricket around. If Ravindra Jadeja is your other option, Pandya doesn't get in as a fielder. It's really just that simple. Jadeja is a panther in the field. So what did you learn about Hardik Pandya? Not much. You've learned his place is still in question. You've learned that yes, India do rely on him and he probably will still make the side because of the balance that he provides. But our expectations from Pandya need to be severely dropped now because against the quality of attack he was up against, he should have had a fantastic toy. He's supposed to be a good player of spin bowling after all. What did you learn about the other Pandya? Well, you learned that there was a COVID scare in Krunal Pandya. Hope he gets well soon. And all the other players who've tested positive for COVID, hope they get well soon. You've learned that Krunal Pandya also, same situation with Hardik Pandya. As a package, if there's not enough options around, you don't really know how much he offers. The same with Krishnapa Gotham. So on the all-rounder search, India is still in the place where they started, where you're looking at Jadeja, you're looking at Shardul Thakur. On his day, Hardik Pandya, but really, that's pretty much it. What did India learn from a batting point of view? 
Here's the problems India wanted to solve. You wanted to know if Sudhir Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishan could achieve the consistency to be backup options in Ishan Kishan's case, and maybe even a first eleven option in Sudhir Kumar Yadav's case. You learned that Sudhir Kumar Yadav is fantastic on slow pitches. He plays spin very well. Maybe he just needs to learn how to assess the situation a little bit. But you didn't learn anything new about Sky. You knew what he could do, and he did exactly that. He did everything that was asked in him. I think he will find a place in the squad. But there was nothing new that came about. Ishan Kishan made a fantastic debut in one-day international cricket. A bit disappointing in T Twenty cricket. He needs to have a very good IPL. He's going through a poor run of form. What about the other batsmen? Prithvi Shaw, Devdutt Padikkar, Zutaraj Gaikwad, the three top order future stars of Indian cricket. What did you learn about them? You learned that Shaw, on good batting conditions, will do very well. You learned that Padikkar and Gaikwad look very good and give you good starts. They're solid players, but there's still a little bit of work that needs to be done. But the most disappointing of all was Sanju Samson. You learned that on good batting conditions. Sanju Samson is a fantastic player, but his style of batting, the elegance with which he bats, flatters to deceive. Because on slow turning tracks, a senior player like him, who's captain of an IPL team, really needed to do a lot more than seven runs of thirteen balls. The same with Manish Pandey, somebody who's been around for a while. You really wanted to see a lot more of the Manish Pandey, even though he looked good. But it's not all doom and gloom for India. You learned that Bhuvneshwar Kumar and Deepak Chahar are nearly like-for-like replacements, and both of them can hold their own with the with the bat. Something that almost warrants them a place, and at least warrants one of them a place in the side in that Indian T20 World Cup lineup. And you learned that give them the confidence, and Kulcha will deliver for you. Kuldeep Yadav and Yuzvendra Chahar, both amongst the wickets in this tour, the biggest positive from an Indian point of view. So, what about Sri Lanka then? It was a mixed off for India, but it was a fantastic result for Sri Lanka. Three all against a quality Indian side. They couldn't have asked for anything more. They won a T Twenty. They won a series against India for the first time since two thousand and eight against a team which is probably no offense to the Sri Lankan team that's playing, but it's not as good as any Sri Lankan side that I've seen play, and it's certainly not as good as any Sri Lankan side that's taken that's taken the field in the last twenty five years. But that's the state of Sri Lankan cricket as it is today, and it's not because of a lack of talent with players like Hasadanga coming through, Chamira, um, Avishka Fernando, Dasun Shanaka, uh, Isudu Dana. You know that Sri Lanka have so many players available to them. Hasadanga again, the find of the tour for Sri Lanka. What a fantastic bowler he is, and. What a fantastic star he is going to be! You learn that Sri Lanka have the talent. They're always going to have the talent, but there needs to be a way to nurture this talent. So they develop a very good team because look what happens when their core players come back. When Dimuth Kazunadatne comes back, when Angelo Matthews comes back, when Kusal Mendes comes back, when Kusal Pereira comes back. That's a seriously good batting lineup. A batting lineup with a lot of potential, given the right nurturing. Could turn into a star-studded side, but really they need some support from the management. They need some support from Sri Lankan cricket's board. They need some support from past players to come back and really put themselves out there to help nurture this next generation of Sri Lankan cricketers. Because take the example of of Akila Dhananjaya. Three years ago, four years ago, he was running through India, and it took a rampant MS Dhoni. 
to put a stop to him. Dhoni played one of the best innings of his life to win India that game. But at one point, chasing 250, Dhananjaya had India 120 for 7 or 130 for 7. His career really hasn't gone anywhere since then. He's still in the side. He's still a very good player, but he hasn't become the player you thought he could. The same with somebody like a Kusal Mendes. So that's what Sri Lankan cricket needs. Yes, the conditions did suit them. And I'm excited to see how they do in the UAE in the T20 World Cup on what I hope are 160, 170, 180 kind of pitches. I hope that's the kind of scores we get in the World Cup. It always keeps the game competitive. So learnings from the tour. India, a couple of questions solved. But overall, a little bit of a disappointing tour. Sri Lanka, a lot of positives for them. You'd hope if they get their act together, they could be a seriously dominant side over the next 10 years in world cricket because this result will do the players and their confidence a world of good.